What's up, guys, and welcome back to episode two of the Smart Mart podcast. Today is going to be a very, very loaded show. Well, not very loaded because I didn't really pay attention to Raw or SmackDown this past weekend or over the, well, this past Monday or Tuesday. So what I am going to be doing, guys, is over the uh, last weekend on Friday, I will be going over WWE Super Showdown live from, is it from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia or was it Jeddah? I believe it was Jeddah. Jeddah, yeah, from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Whoo-wee. Wow, what a, uh, what an interesting show to say the least. Uh, <laughs> what a very interesting show to say the least, guys. Um, so without any further uh, further delays, so we're going to go ahead and get right into it. Just let me pull up the card here. I can't really remember how it went. Uh, here it is. Oh, no. There it is. Okay, so WWE was live from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. It was highly billed to be bigger than WrestleMania. Yep, it was, yep, bigger than WrestleMania when pretty much they just recycled the WrestleMania set and just brought it to Jeddah. It was just that big video board and the ramp and some pyro. Yep, that's about it. Nothing creative behind it. They just brought the WrestleMania set to Jeddah. Uh, so it was a it was a card very heavily hyped around the Undertaker and Goldberg match, which I'll which I'll get into later because that got some very 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 terrible criticism. Uh, Randy Orton Triple H was also one of the headliners. Kofi Kingston uh, Kofi Kingston defending the WWE title against Dolph Ziggler. Seth Rollins defending the Universal title against Baron Corbin with uh, the threat of Brock Lesnar cashing in looming over that match, in which was carried throughout that entire match. Finn Balor defended the Intercontinental title against Andrade Cien Almas. All respects and condolences go out to Andrade's mother, who did unfortunately pass away during this match, from what I'm hearing. Uh, he went out for the match and then came back a few hours later and then found out his... Actually, came back for the match and then was told that his mother had passed away. So, thoughts and prayers are with Andrade and his family throughout this difficult time. Unfortunately, his mother did pass away during his match. I had a kickoff show. Kickoff show with the Usos going up against the Revival. Uh, Dash, Dash and Scott cut the cut the ring off pretty much, isolating Jimmy and Jay. Double teaming the second generation. Guys, Dawson kept grounding. Kept Dawson kept grounding both guys. Worked a modified abdominal stretch kind of maneuver before applying the more traditional version of the move. Where he just kind of put a little bit of a spin on it. But again, the Resilient Usos uh, fought out. Made up for the hot tag. A bunch of super kicks all over the place. One, two, three. Usos win. And then the, the main card kicked off with the Universal title match between Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin. This is just days after being beat the hell up by Brock Lesnar with a steel chair. Rollins defended the Universal title against Baron Corbin in the opening match of the show. Like a, you know, Baron Corbin coming in was like a shark who smelled blood in the water after uh, Rollins came out with heavily taped ribs. Rollins, who tried to fight, who tried coming back and fighting from underneath, but quickly found himself, you know, right back at the mercy of the lone wolf, Baron Corbin. Rollins finally fired off some hard right hands to Baron Corbin, some chops and a very pretty discus elbow. Uh, he came back with the sling blade. Uh, I'm just going over my notes here. A suicide dive outside to, be, to keep building momentum and bring the crowd back into it. By the way, this crowd was very, very well more fan based as opposed to the last two times they were inside of Arabia, which was more 
that royalty family based where you know the prince's family and his people that work for him were more in those couches and those like recliners and stuff this was more just fans there was a bunch of little there was a ton of kids little girls kids in their teens it was a bunch of kids in the mid-20s it was just a very diverse fan show you know they were wearing wrestling shirts they weren't wearing those you know the turbans and the in the traditional style clothing there so great thing to see that coming out from this part of the show this time around uh back elbow from corbin coming back in from the ramp uh from the ring uh in the end uh uh, about some Randy Orton. Seth Rollins did come out on top, hitting the curb stomp. Uh, and then here comes Brock Lesnar coming in to cash in. Paul Heyman slips in the <laughs> slips in the ring, whether or not that was on purpose or not. The, the briefcase did slide over to Rollins, and Rollins did get the upper hand, giving a low blow to uh, low blow to Brock, completely beating and beating him to hell with the steel chair. Ultimately, giving the curb stomp on top of the briefcase and walking away, still the Universal Champion. Next, we got the Demon Finn Balor versus Andrade. Great technical match. The Demon looked good. Edrich looked awesome. Great technical match. These two are both very, very technically sound. Uh, I'm very, very excited for Andrade, you know, to get a, t- a, some bit of sh- a bit of time to shine here. Unfortunately, he couldn't come to the ring with Selena Vega, the whole women's thing in Saudi Arabia they have. Uh, very technically sound. Uh, again, ended up with Andrade. Uh, Vin Balor coming out on top with the coup de gras to continue to retain the Intercontinental title with the Demon still being unbeaten. Uh, what was next? Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon. I wasn't really excited for this. I personally thought Roman would win, but they shocked everybody with Shane winning this. You know, this had a lot of involvement from Drew McIntyre. Hopefully, this is the end of this feud because it was just pure, pure. Pure future to watch, watch and it, it was it was it was, hurt, it was pretty hard to watch. Shane McMahon coming out on top, and Drew McIntyre coming in hitting Roman with a claymore to continue that their feud going in the stomping grounds in a few weeks with Roman versus Drew at stomping grounds. Lucha House Party versus Lars Sullivan three on one. Who cares? This was just pretty much a match to come out and build Lars as a as an animal, but it kind of was a weird thing where the Lucha House Party technically won. But they did a little bit of a beatdown on them, and then they started to leave, and then Lars followed them up the ramp, beat them down to make him look strong at the end. I don't know why. You could have just had them completely squash them. I don't know why this match was even necessary, to be honest with you. What's next? To me, one of the best matches of the night that turned out to be a lot better than I expected. Even though we have seen this match numerous, numerous times throughout the years, from back when it started in 2004 when Randy Orton won the world title from Chris Benoit at SummerSlam 2004. This has been a rivalry from then all the way up to now. Great match with these two. Triple H and Randy Orton put on. Triple H had this, you know, regular, regular badass entrance. And then Michael Cole said something has to be a WrestleMania caliber event for a badass entrance for that to happen. It wasn't. It was just a show that they had that they're contractually obligated to do and have to put some big names on there for the princess for the prince of Saudi Arabia. But anyway, those two put on a great match, way better than I expected. And if I talked to a few buddies of mine who watched it, and they said that match was a lot better than anybody had expected. Personally, when they announced it, I thought, "Oh my God, we've seen this hundreds and hundreds of times. I don't even want to see it anymore. I'll be all right. I never see these two wrestle ever again." But it was a great, great match. They recapped everything from Diamond Evolution to when Triple H turned on him, blah, blah, blah. 
from Randy Orton's uh, numerous title wins. I think between them, they mentioned they had like 50 or something titles collectively. But beyond that, the match was great, great pacing, told a great story. Kept reminding us uh, on commentary that they said that Triple H on Monday said that Randy, many people have tried to put me down. Many have failed, but you are not the one. They keep bringing that up over and over again. But in the end, Randy Orton did hit the RKO to win the match against Triple H. Very, very great match. Great from both guys, surprisingly. I think a lot of people were not looking forward to this match outside of the country of Jeddah. And then next we had the Battle of the Big Men. We had Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley comes out on a little Chris Masters type pedestal. Just flexing with the big lights on him. And then Braun, Braun Strowman comes out, throws it off the stage, does his big growl. The two, you know, two, both guys did, you know, athletically put on a nice show for the amount of athletic moves that they did. Both guys being pretty big dudes. Uh, very athletic, very athletic showing from both of them. I think a couple of drop kicks from both of them. But then again, it was just, you know, it was a filler. It was a filler match. Uh, they put this on there to give them Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley something to do. Uh, I didn't really think it was too impressive, but one thing I was impressed about was the athleticism that these two guys can have because they just showed the tail of the tape. I can't remember what the tail of the tape said. I think both guys benched somewhere in the 500, which is pretty impressive. I think Braun has size over Lashley just by a few pounds, maybe about maybe 20 to 20 pounds or so. Uh, next, we had WWE Championship match, Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler. Woo, what a stinker. <laughs> This match, guys, uh, it, it was eh, you know, um, I couldn't give it, it was okay. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna take that back. There wasn't a stinker. It was okay. It was a decent Dolph Ziggler match, and Kofi's been on a roll putting on good matches ever since winning the WWE title at WrestleMania, but it was very good. It was a good match. I enjoyed it. Uh, the story going in kind of got a little annoying on Dolph's end. Uh, I personally thought this would be a one and done from Dolph, you know, coming in just out of nowhere randomly and winning uh challenging for the title at this show and then Kofi Kingston coming out on top still defeat still being the WWE champion with help from Xavier Woods no it wasn't a heel turn and then Dolph Ziggler got out of that ring really really quick I think mainly because mainly because they had him do a promo backstage after while Kofi Kingston was on his way back uh saying that he wants Kofi in a rematch at stomping grounds in a steel cage so it turns out this won't be just a one-off for Dolph Ziggler after all so we'll see what happens down the road. I still don't think Ziggler's taking the title. I think Ziggler's just in for a few more matches for just these two matches, and he's going back to doing whatever he was doing outside of the company before coming back. And next we had the 50-man battle royal. An interesting note uh, from what I've heard from other people talking about it, that there was actually 50, somebody, somebody counted every single guy. I don't know how you could do this because I don't know how you can pause it at a certain angle and somehow count every head that's in the ring. Some guys are tall, some guys are really short. Some, you know, during the match, some guys are buried behind each other, some guys are, you know, laying down. So it's kind of hard to really get everybody in one shot so you can count everyone. Somebody counted, congrats to whoever they are who counted. But somebody said that there was 51 guys in this match. So they misled us there a little bit with the 50 men battle royal. But, you know, this was another filler, you know, it was to get all those guys that you flew. Uh, from states of Saudi Arabia, everybody that was involved in that R-Truth thing on YouTube uh, with the 24-7 title, just to get them in there, you get a payday. Uh, to me, it was re- kind of ridiculous that you flew all your lower-level talent all the way across the country 
across the country, all the way across the world, just to be thrown out in this garbage match that nobody really cares about. And the outcome on top was an NXT guy that I did not even know was in it. Uh, apparently, he was signed last year, and he was in the ring at Crown Jewel. I can't remember his name. Mansoor? Mansoor? Is that how you say it? Mansoor. Yep, Mansoor? Mansoor? Whatever. Probably pronouncing it wrong. But I had a lot of, I had some, a few NXT guys in there. I couldn't really tell. A lot of people were expecting Matt Riddle. I saw his eye, but he didn't really show up. I expected it to be a Royal Rumble type thing, but no, just everybody all at once. No R-Truth in it. To be honest with you, I thought they would that would have been a good shot for some R-Truth guys. Maybe have R-Truth in the match and then get thrown out. And then all the guys that are thrown out around the ring start chasing them all around the, the crowd and backstage. That would have been a good comedic thing to do, but they didn't do it. Uh, kind of like what they did on Raw. Maybe they didn't want to do that again. Uh, so Mansoor ended up winning. The crowd went nuts for this guy. I had no idea who this guy was. My uh, sister, my sister was watching it and she thought it was uh, Ali because he looks just like Ali, man. He looks so much like Ali. This guy could be, they could be twins. He looked just like Ali. But the crowd went nuts for their hometown or for their home country. Got home country boy winning it. Congrats to him. I've never really heard of him before then. I mean, I didn't remember he was even signed until they brought it up. And it was a funny thing. Renee was saying, who's that? <laughs> Renee, uh, Mansoor won. And then uh, Mansoor won. And then Renee's like, who's that? And then Corey, I believe, I believe it was Corey or Michael Cole. Was like, oh, it's Mansoor. And, like, and she's like completely crooked. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I was talking to him earlier. Like, she didn't know who he was. But I don't know what's going to come of this. I don't know what this means. I don't know if this battle royal is pointless. I don't know if they're going to do something with him in NXT. Who knows? But congrats to Mansoor for winning that in his hometown with the crowd went nuts for him. And then after that, <laughs> here we go. Goldberg versus The Undertaker. Now, before I get into this, this is a match that I said many, many, many times when it was announced that I did not want to see this match, mainly because it was two men in their 50s trying to reclaim what they should have done with them 20 some odd years ago, maybe around the WrestleMania 20, 21 time. You should have done Taker and Goldberg at one of those WrestleManias. You could have taken Brock stick Brock somewhere else you could have maybe done Brock and Orton earlier in the time you should have stuck Taker and Goldberg in at that WrestleMania 20 slack because at least the match would have been better but now I'm going to get into this match because I have a lot to say on this match so it starts off with the video package people oh it's Phenom versus the man or whatever Goldberg Taker first time ever blah 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 and then Taker's like oh you're next Goldberg's like oh real rest in peace the whole match rested in peace they both they both, well, I wouldn't say Goldberg put on a hell of a stinker because <laughs> he's banging on the door for his typical entrance coming out. The dude's bleeding already before he gets to the ring. He's already out of breath coming out of the ring. They screwed up his entrance. He, he, the pyro was delayed. Taker had a, a nice entrance. Always, Taker always has a beautiful entrance. But this match, it started, it started off good. It started off good. A couple two spears. The Undertaker for a near fall on the Undertaker started off good and then it just went just did a nose dive straight down into oblivion. It was grotesque. This match was terrible. It didn't live up to expectations. Both men tried to kill each other. Goldberg went for a jackhammer and could barely even get him up. Almost dropped, dropped the Undertaker on the back of his neck. Looked 
looked really, really bad. Take uh, under Goldberg goes for a spear into the corner. Taker moves and Goldberg runs so hard into the runs harder than he was supposed to run into the corner. Bashes his head in there, busted open, bleeding everywhere. Apparently he had a concussion or he knocked himself out is what he tweeted after the show. He's going through the match. And then, you know, this match was just so hard to watch because of how brutal they were botching these moves, man. It was just so bad to watch. And you felt bad for Undertaker because the Undertaker was genuinely trying to put on a good match, especially at his age. You know, the man can barely stand up. You know, he kind of has a slouch when he stands up from what he sees. You know, it was just so hard. Taker, props to Taker, man. Everybody was shitting on this match, and rightfully so, because it was bad. It was really bad. Goldberg... He kept going, you know, props to him for wanting to keep going, but he had blood in his eyes. He couldn't see. People were saying, give him a break. It's like over 100 degrees at the ring. So what? You know, but there, apparently this match was supposed to go on another 20 minutes. And then, you know, the finish was, you know, there was the spot where uh, Taker tried to go, was going for a, a tombstone and Goldberg was supposed to like do that thing where they reverse it. He kind of flips over and does a tombstone on him. Couldn't happen. Goldberg couldn't do it. Taker ends up falling, ends up falling down. The, the jackhammer thing I brought up, where he drops the Undertaker on his neck, barely tries to go for it again. It looks awful. Taker goes for a tombstone, tombstones his tombstones Goldberg right on his head. It wow, this match was just such a cluster, a cluster mess, man. So bad. And, you know, a lot of the the fans there ate it up. <laughs> the fans there ate it up. They loved every minute of it. But the thing is, if you were to put this match in any town in the U.S., you know, that's, you know, Philly, New York, New Orleans, where, wherever, you name it, they would have completely shit on this match. They would have threw garbage at this match. They sort of said, we want our money back. This match was so bad. And then the Undertaker finally gives them the tombstone, one, two, three, and you can see the look of frustration and disappointment and anger in the face of the undertaker and he's looking at goldberg and he's just kind of shaking his head goldberg immediately rolls out of the ring the hell in, in, from from what a fan did a video of on twitter is that goldberg was like barely stand up and he was like he was helped up like a couple of times that kept falling down it was just so bad so so bad i feel so bad for your undertaker and the thing is people well, Goldberg throughout the years has gotten a lot of shit for not caring or that he's out for himself and that, you know, he wants to do a lot. He wants to do this without doing a lot of work to get to there, which rightfully so, because, you know, Goldberg and then Brock Lesnar are the same. Goldberg and Brock Lesnar will never have the amount of respect, will never have the respect of the fans that the fans have for The Undertaker. You'll never see anybody in the business, whether that's a, a former wrestler producer, writer, whoever, uh, freaking guys freaking doing catering, whatever. Nobody has a bad thing to say about The Undertaker because people respect the living hell out of The Undertaker, no matter what he does. People respect him because of who he is and what he's done for the business. But the thing is with Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker, I'm sorry, Brock Lesnar and Goldberg is a big guy because Brock Lesnar and Goldberg are out for the money and they're out for themselves. Goldberg has been labeled one of the worst wrestlers ever, according to Matt Riddle. You know, going in, I thought it'd be okay. To me, I told my family and friends that this is like watching two grandpas pretty much fight. You know, two grandpas in their 50s fight. You know, <laughs> it was really bad. Goldberg, 
vision uh, vision wise is in good shape you know he's got a got a you know good build to his chest and his arms and he's uh his arms and back, but from the neck up, he looks everything of a 50-year-old man. The same thing with the Undertaker. I don't know, apparently he had his hips replaced, blah, 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 but you can see from the neck up, Taker looks his age. You know, he's got the the wrinkle in his neck, and, you know, he's, he's going bald. I think he should just cut that shit off. He's going bald. The man has to dye his hair every time he's getting called upon to do this. I thought he was retired coming into this, but it, it's ridiculous that... Vince keeps forcing these two or that the company relies on these two guys and relies of all guys of you know the past to carry the load of a big show like this when they obviously don't trust their younger talent it's disappointing and it's not the company it's not the the talent the young talent's fault it's the company's fault that they are not grooming and getting the next crop of young guys ready to go so with that being lacked they call upon guys like The Undertaker, call upon guys like Goldberg, Shane, um, who else? Well, who was it? Uh, Triple H to carry the show when they don't believe in their young crop of guys. You know, they Kofi and Ziggler could have main evented that show. You could have had Rollins and Corbin close that show. Hell, you could even had Triple H and Orton close that show. Triple H, yeah, he's in his 50s, but he's a lot better in the ring-wise, and he's more willing and mobile than other guys. So, guys, that's my thoughts on Super Showdown. All around, I thought it was a lower-level show. That's something that is completely passable and missable. Uh, so, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Sorry, it was a little rushed. I don't have much time this week. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. I'll be coming at you guys again sometime. What's today? Today is Wednesday. Uh, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch Raw and SmackDown eventually. Uh, NXT is this Wednesday, so I'll be coming at you guys again. Maybe Monday. No, not Monday. I'll coming at you guys again Monday. Or, no, Wednesday next week. So this podcast is gonna come out every Wednesday after Raw and SmackDown and after a pay per view, so that way I can catch any pay per view that happens between now and then. So hope you guys enjoyed. Be sure to subscribe. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'll see you guys next time, and hope you guys have a great day.